0: Hello and welcome to This Property Life. My name is Mark Winship. This week, we're discussing the mess that is the UK economy right now and the implications to us as property investors. To help me make sense of it all, I'm joined by Sarah Blaney and Andrea Carrington. And in this episode, we talk about rising energy prices, increasing interest rates, inflation and cost of materials. These are all really hot topics for property investors right now. And our aim is to provide some perspective and some practical advice, as well as to uncover where there might be opportunities that the savvy investor could take advantage of. We've got lots to cover, so let's jump right in. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for joining me. How are you guys?
1: Very good. Hi, Mark. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. How are you doing?
0: You're, you're all good?
1: Yeah, all good. Excellent.
0: Good stuff. So thanks for joining me, because this is a slightly unusual episode of the podcast. We usually try and steer away a little bit from news items and stuff in the media, if only so that we can try and keep the content as sort of evergreen as possible for people who might be listening to this further down the road. But I think there's so much going on in the news and there's so much going on in the economy at the moment. It's a pretty volatile space that it it is a really hot topic for for well for everybody um it's it's going to hit us hard in everyday life as as well as you know having implications for us as as property investors and for anyone that's thinking about starting out in in property so i think it makes sense for us to address some of the 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 issues in the economy at the moment and just try and go over not only how it's going to impact us as investors but also where there might even be some opportunities within that somewhere as well so we're 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 faced with rising inflation potential increase in interest rates to sort of compensate for that a little bit we've got the real hot topic in the news is is the energy bills and and the sort of the, the the gas crisis if you like at the moment um as well as what we've had sort of ticking along for a while now in terms of material prices off the back of brexit and covid and it's been one thing after the other, really, hasn't it? It's, uh, it's all, all come at once. So um, so yeah, I think it's really good just to get your perspective, guys, on, on some of this stuff. I don't know if the best place for us to start is what's what's on the news at the moment, which is the the energy bills, is is the kind of the big news at the moment that they've lifted the the energy cap. I think they've increased it by fifty-four percent. Is that right? I think I'm right yeah. in saying that.
1: I think on average it's over six hundred pounds a year, isn't it? On average. Yeah,
0: for the average household. Yeah. yeah. So what are you thinking about that? What are your thoughts on on the on the energy price rises?
2: It's an well, interesting I, isn't it? Because I think we've yeah. all got we've all got HMOs, which obviously we pay the bills for. And yeah. there's um always been certain things that we've always done to try and reduce our um energy consumption whilst obviously giving the tenants full. Um, comfort in their homes um, you know there's there's all the things that we would have done when we converted those properties in bringing the EPC levels up to standard um, and putting in the right controls so that the tenants can control it themselves um, and then you know we we kind of give ourselves a bit of a pat on the back and then obviously then things out of our control happen like this so yeah it's, it's close to all of our hearts I guess
1: yeah yeah I mean, I must admit, I've just finished an HMO and it's it, 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 it tenanted out in a week, but I preempted knowing that the gas was going to go up, that my, I, I, I remember speaking to the letting agent and he's going this room, this room, I said, right, we'll stick a little bit more on there. I because we're going to have to, because I've got the gas to pay for now. Yeah. And I have got Inspire, and I know we all use those controls to try and monitor so they're not they've not got it to 28 and the windows are wide open to try and let it all out so I think the other thing that I'm looking at and I don't know if I'm going to do this or not but it's something that's come it's come up and I'm discussing with my um specifically obviously my HMO letting agents is that we do some sort of surcharge potentially and I don't know if I'm doing right or wrong but it's kind of just trying to figure it out to kind of get Mm. the tenants to be a bit more accountable that if yeah. actually if it goes over a certain threshold, you're going to have to contribute to that so that they'll kind of, instead of switching it up high because I'm paying for it, that mm. they'll kind of think, well, actually, if it goes over that, then we're going to have to put a hands in his pockets. But it's, yeah. again, it's journey days and discussions around how we do that.
2: Yeah. I think that's it. So, I mean, you know, we had, um, I've got quite a lot of student HMOs as well as professional HMOs. And the uh, town that my student HMOs are in, Um, The universities have written to all the accredited landlords to say, you know, we understand your bills are going up, but obviously our students have got to have comfort and and all of the rest. um, And this is how you can approach it. And they have said exactly that, Andrea. So it's about the fair usage within the contract. But most of us have had fair usage within our contracts. And maybe it's time to look at the levels of that and see are they actually Um, relevant in in this specific time period and if they're not to maybe up them a little bit and then chat to the students and say these are your fair usage you know we will review this on a whatever frequency um you know monthly um you know quarterly and then discuss you know what can we do as a as a team to make sure that this doesn't go above because it is you that will be paying it if it does go above yeah
1: Interestingly, I went to view a couple, a couple of HMOs that were up for sale, uh, being sold by a company and there were six beds and they were relatively new. Um, they're only 10 years old. They was built purpose built to be that, but they were selling them off and they weren't overly expensive. And when I walked in, it was a cold morning. It was literally, I had to take my coat off my scarf. It was sweltering and they've not got anything into control that. And it did make me think, is he selling it? Because, that all the windows were open, it was literally boiling It was it was unbearably hot um, And I do think that There'll be some landlords that don't manage Their properties well, that will get out So there's also, off the back of that There's going to be some opportunities, I feel That some landlords will be thinking Crap, the gas bills are going up I'm not going to be able to afford that But like you say, fair usage Making sure you've got inspire in your properties Or something to control the heating So they're not turning it up to 28 And it's yeah. like a furnace Um, There's parrots flying around the rooms. So we've got to try and control that and try and look at the fair usage as well. So I think we'll have some opportunities.
0: It would be easy to say that, well, landlords aren't going to take the hit. These costs are going to be passed on to the the tenants. And not that that helps anybody in particular either but but there's there's a lot of it's not quite as simple as that is it and there's 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 always going to be or historically there's always been quite a lot of anti-landlord sentiment in the media um but the reality is it is a concern for, for landlords and when you put it into the landscape of the fact that you know we've had we've had covid we've had you know um you know, and the va- my experience has always been the vast majority of landlords are responsible, and yeah. and, and you know they have extended um, you know various flexibility to tenants during COVID who maybe couldn't pay the rent and that's and now suddenly they're hit with these increased prices, which you know with the best will in the world they may not want.
3: If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process.
0: To, or can't immediately just pass on to the to the tenant. So, you know, it has it does have genuine implications for any strategy. I guess that is all bills included,
1: mm. probably yeah. like service accommodation then as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think it's
2: that that bills included aspect is it's a price point that as landlords we can't control compared to our you know competing um, mm. HMO just down the road because. Um, You know, I might be on a fixed rate for my um, gas and electricity. And so, therefore, at the moment, these hikes in energy prices are not affecting me. And they might not for however long I've locked in. But, you know, Andrea might be down the road from me and just come off a deal and be faced with huge prices. Yeah. So your prices might go up, but mine might not. And, um, you know, as a result, I'm not going to put my tenancy prices up too much because it means then if there's voids, I'm going to get people, whereas you might not. So. It's not a fair um, competitive field at the moment in terms of HMOs because of the variability in, in the costs that um, that are out there. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. And at the end of the day, supply and demand will always rule. Um, yeah, We see that in, in the amount of property deals that are coming through to the market at the moment and the prices that we're having to pay. And I think with HMO um, room pricing, supply mm. and demand will rule. Cool.
1: Yeah,
2: totally.
0: Yeah. And Sarah, you mentioned EPCs earlier as well. And obviously, there's some legislation coming in on that as well, isn't there, that um, rental properties will need to achieve a minimum of an EPC rating of C by 2025. So there's a lot of landlords, particularly landlords of older, you know, and and, uh, a lot of people, you know, that their strategy might revolve around older kind of Victorian style properties, that with the best will in the world will either be impossible to bring up to a sea or will certainly uh, it will it will incur a lot a lot of cost to get to that point so um, there's not just the you know the in the moment stuff that's impacting us in the short term but there's also that long-term consideration as well isn't there absolutely
2: I, I find the whole EPC thing um, really frustrating interesting and you know we've known that this has been coming for years so obviously back I don't know, was it 2018 it went from um, a g rating up to an e rating um and you know we all kind of knew that that was coming and when you know it's coming you can foresee what the next one might be so yeah. you know when we were developing um you know converting our properties back in you know 2015 2016 we were going for the e but i think in all of our minds we were going do you know what this isn't going to stop here yeah. let's go above that so we're all trying to get to the Cs in any yeah. regard But there's so many people out there that haven't. Um, And it is right. 2025, um, new tenancies, I believe, will have to be a C. 2028, existing tenancies will have to be a C. It's even worse for commercial. They have to be a B um, from 2030, I believe. Yeah. Um, Well, I think
1: Boris said he'd like everybody to be an A, and I'm thinking that's impossible. (laughs) I don't know how they're going to do that. I must admit, I'm doing a couple of new builds this year, and I've – specifically putting in place lots of things to the epc rating obviously i want it to be as high as we can possibly get it so i'm going to try and make it as environmentally future-proofed as i possibly can so better windows better heating system i'm not putting gas in just because i'm trying to i'm trying to kind of get around any issues it's going to be more cost more costly for me if i'm Mm. it's going to be an hmo but they're not these so but still it's it's kind of being mindful of
2: where they where they sit for future proofing these properties? Yeah, you have to. New homes um, are going to have to be zero zero carbon ready, aren't they? From twenty yeah. twenty five or something like
1: that. Yeah. Well, I was speaking to because um, I mean, obviously plumbers and things like that. So I'm going. So where do you think things are going to be going with the gas and there's going to be shortages and the gas hike and things? He said we're already. Says so Worcester Bosch, are already bringing into place hydrogen boilers so that you can take your old gas boiler out and put the hydrogen ones in. It's must be terrifying, but it's where things are going. So even the, even the you know, Worcester Bosch and all the big um, suppliers are thinking of how they can kind of get, get that, because we're going to be demanding that. We are already. I'm so not what's sure the... I boilers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, what's the solution for us as investors? Then, is it just a case of we, you know, as professional investors, we need to try and um, stay up to speed with this stuff and and understand it, um, not maybe just knee-jerk react off off the headlines and and the stuff that's 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 in the mainstream media, but really understand it and try, where possible, to stay ahead of the curve. I guess is is probably all, all we can do in that sense.
1: But that's what we've kind of always done anyway isn't it i think the reason i i got into training was because i've invested a bit before and done it quite poorly because you just kind of just do it blindly and yeah. i think the thing i love about being part of property wealth system and you know as talking to each other is that you find things out yeah. all the time so you can kind of be ahead of the curve you're kind of planning ahead so that we haven't got all the issues so all the you know, all the things with HMOs and the regulations, it was never going to be a problem for me because I'd already done it to that level when there was yeah. bringing all the new regulations in because we knew they were coming. And I think yeah. that's what's important. So, you know, do, you know, podcasts like this, Mark, are great because yeah. we're can we kind of sharing what we know and how we're going to overcome that. just yeah. makes us stronger so that we're not... But on the other hand, it's great because the investors that don't do this, we can pick up their
2: yeah yeah there's great opportunities there isn't there and i think you know with the uh, with the whole epc thing um you know we've known it's been coming we've already adapted you know in in the last sort of five or six years anyway and we'll continue to adapt and and one little tip that um i've always used for with the epcs i think people think of an epc as you know 35 quid you spend at the end of a project just to be able to either sell it or or let it out and I think you've got to you've got to rethink that. So I have my EPC man in at the beginning, depending on the refurb. But at the beginning, in the middle, when the insulation is going in um, on the walls, so he can document it and evidence it, and then at the end, so he's a consultant to me, and I pay yeah. see each time. But my EPC man is my is a consultant to my business, yeah. and I think that people have got to stop thinking of things as a little paper tick exercise at, at the end and actually use the, the brains of these guys to future-proof. Hmm. That's a really yeah. good point
0: there. That is a good point. Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, this all, all these things interrelate, right? They're all they're all interconnected. It's it's not necessarily going to be the case that we can just work through uh, point by point. But I'm just sort of thinking on to inflation and the cost of living, because, Andrew, you were talking about potential opportunities that might come out. Because it's you know, it, it's been a hostile place for certainly more for want of a better term, amateur landlords for quite some time now with the section 24 changes. And, you know, or, you know they've now got the, the um, you know, the the potential for the, the EPC costs that they're going to have to meet. So it's almost becoming increasingly hostile and, and with inflation thrown into the mix into that as well. You know, it, what what impact is that going to have, and do you feel that that's going to create some opportunities for people looking to actually get into that market?
1: I think I think with with interest rate rises, I think everybody keeps asking me, "Oh, do you think the market will crash now?" Well, we've you know we said earlier, it's it's. I don't it's not going to they've really? only put the interest rates up marginally and they are going to put them up again but they're not going up significantly we're not going to oh, see. Yeah. i don't think personally i don't see five percent interest rates anytime soon yeah but i think they might go up a couple of percent i think we might hit two percent which will impact people's mortgages but not significantly enough that it's going to change the cripple life. no not really yeah. um but i do think there'll be a knee-jerk reaction for some landlords because they'll start to panic and I think they'll they'll start to sell because you do see that. I think amateur landlords kind of knee-jerk reaction to everything. Oh, I'm offloading. I'm going to gas hikes selling me HMOs. Interest rates are going up. I'm not going to make any money. Let's sell some of the stock off. I would be, and, and I'm, well, we do already, but I'd be desperately interested in speaking to letting agents all the time, looking at open rent, speaking, you know, looking on spare room who's I had a coaching call this morning. That was my target for my coaching clients. You really need to be looking at what's out there and speaking to these people directly and asking them if they're looking to offload us is because people will start to think that way. Um, yeah. So it's about being proactive as we know, but also about amateur landlords will start to want to get out of the market. I think
2: because yeah. there's too much happening all at once. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I think you're right. That, um, that accidental landlord or the, or the person that's just got one, maybe two properties, when something big happens, um, you know, like the Section 24, like the energy rate um, increases, interest rate increases, all these different things, they only have one or two properties. And then if their boiler goes, their profit, if they had any, is completely wiped out. Whereas for, you know, ourselves and for other landlords who have um, a lot more properties, your property goes in one property, and you've got X amount of properties and rents to you know offset that cost. So it it is just a completely different model and it's a different market. So there is opportunity because if I was someone with just one property and I had all these things being thrown at me, you know, I would think, well, do you know what I could just I could make better returns on my money by doing something outside of property and if I'm only going to keep to one property. Yeah. And there is opportunities then for people that want to build a portfolio. To actually, you know, talk to those landlords, go through, um, as Andrew has said, go through sparing, go through open rent, go to the letting agent and start to talk and and see who's wanting out and who's fed up with the market. Yeah. And be consistent.
1: Don't just ring them once and expect that they're going to start giving you, you know, throw loads of off-market deals at you that's below Hmm. market value. You have to keep going at it. Yeah.
0: And it's the virtue of getting educated as well, isn't it? In the sense that learning how to analyze and also future proof a deal. Um, you know, we, we we mentioned to it there, we alluded to it, when we we're talking about future proofing a refurb. So it might yeah. be tempting to, you know, not cut corners, but but make the, the refurb as economical as you possibly can at the time without bearing in mind the things that you might need. But that could cost you a lot more money further down the line compared to what you may have saved, you know, in the short term. But it's also knowing how to stress test a deal, isn't it? And we always talk about stress testing based on potential interest rate rises. And we've had a sustained period now of interest rates being an absolute record low and so it's been quite easy to sort of pay lip service to that, I think, and just sort of, yeah. well, why am I why am I stress testing my portfolio at five percent when interest rates are at one point something or whatever yeah. it is? So, but but actually now we can see the virtue of doing that. So if you get into the deal on the right basis, you sh- you know in theory you should have future proofed your investment for most eventualities, most likely eventualities anyway.
1: I think the hardest thing is going to be. And, and I think it does it does scare some investors is is the price of materials at the moment and labor. Mm. And it has gone up. And especially when you think mm. you incorporate the future proofing, because obviously instead of us thinking, right, we really need to keep this at twenty five thousand or twenty thousand. Just spend that extra five potentially just. To, and like Sarah said, if you get them in with the EPC, which is a fantastic tip, I think, and mm. say to them, oh, we're going to get this to be a C. how oh, we're going to get this to be a B um so that as well so they can kind of give you some pointers and it might cost you a few extra thousand pounds but at least in two three five years time you're like yeah i'm I'm okay we haven't got to start adding bits in and insulation outside because we didn't put insulation in the inside enough
2: at that stage yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. i think those material prices you know that is that's something that we've all suffered with over the, the last sort of two years and it's um you kind of think, oh, it can't, it can't continue to go up, and and then you know it kind of does. Um, you know, we're doing a conversion at the moment, a commercial conversion to residential. We've had um, quotes in from builders that have ranged from three hundred fifty thousand to two hundred twenty thousand. I mean, that's yeah. a massive, yeah, isn't it? yeah. And it, and it is around material costs. It's around labor, and it's around our old friend supply and demand. Yeah. Because they're all in demand.
1: Mm. Although
2: that is easing slightly. That's mm. that's my feel on, on uh, my yeah. opinion at least. No, I'd agree with you. I think it is
1: slightly slightly easing. But I think, I don't know if um, prices will still go up because obviously everything's gone up. Gas is going up, so it, it impacts everything. Fuel prices have gone up again. It impacts deliveries and everything else. So it's it is a massive knock-on effect. And inflation is... It's gonna go up, I think, a lot more than it yeah. is already.
0: Yeah. I think it's, this, it it's made it quite challenging. It's made it quite challenging to price up jobs as well, hasn't it? Because, you know, and understandably to a degree, you know, we've certainly found that that builders are reluctant, if you like, to understandably reluctant to, you know, pin the pin their colours to the mask with a fixed quote, you know, when they don't know what Uh, material costs might do at any given time. So um, having to allow some fairly chunky contingency for the fact that material costs might go up, it means that you're sort of having to secure labour costs. And then the uh, materials cost is a bit of a movable feast, which is can come with some challenges.
1: But I do think as well now, at the moment, builders are quoting and saying that that's only going to apply for the next however long. They're not kind yeah. of saying, you know, if, if you're buying a property and you get your quoting, which we do, we get it early doors to find out what we're looking at. But they're kind of saying, but we can't we can't say that's what it'll be in three months' time when you complete.
2: Yeah. And
1: so you have to kind of add that margin on, like you say, your contingency. Yeah. Um, you've just got to be mindful of everything that's happening. And I think as a as a professional investor, which we all are, as much as it get, it goes as well we see how much it's costing for things to get done it is what it is but house prices have gone up so
2: you kind of yeah it's all relative mean, you know you make your money when you buy yeah, yeah absolutely that, that's like one of the mantras and it is right andrew you know we have seen rents increase um, yeah. and we have seen the end you know done up value of the houses increase so yeah everything's increasing and, and you know we've taken a rent increase well I, you know i guess it quite nicely it's more money for us but we also have to recognize that you know the base costs for us have gone up as well so mm. the margin is, is, is you know similar um, as it mm. always is that's yeah. inflation and you know there's no um surprise that we have got the inflation that we've got uh, with the you know the the um level of debt that the government have had to go through in the last couple of years I mean, anyone that didn't think we were going to get inflation to try and wipe out a bit of that value of debt. um, Mm. Well, they must have had their head in the sand because it was always going to go this way. Yeah. Well,
1: national insurance has gone up significantly as well. I know they said it's only one, but it's realistically it's not. It's a lot more than that. But everything we are where we are. We have got Um, to pay this debt back. You're right
0: they they're quoting inflation at 5.4% at the moment but there's a lot of people that would say the reality is that it's a lot higher than that they're forecasting for the official figure to go up to about 7%. Yeah.
1: Um
0: so that that really is going to hit a lot of people but uh, but but actually let's flip that on its head as well a little bit in terms of raising money.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and the position that that might put people in where you know the value of their cash sat in the bank is worth so much less than it was previously and it would seem that the only way out of that situation if you like or to improve that situation is to invest in something that is going to bring you a return higher than the cost higher than the 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 inflation rate so that's where maybe when we're speaking to private investors angel investors you know that's something that we need to to be talking about would you agree with that
1: million percent I think, like we always say, there's an opportunity in every market. I, I'm, yeah. I've had a few people that have said to me, "I'm going to wait and watch the market." Why? Why are you waiting? There's there's opportunities. Yeah. There's still opportunities out there, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I do think definitely with with raising finance, because you know, I think what some people don't realise is is that they leave the money sat in the bank because they think it's safe there, and it's it's not particularly. It's eroding mm-hmm. away, like you've just yeah. said, Mark. But yeah. also, the banks are using it anyway. grow their own pot of cash because they're investing money that's sat in the bank so why aren't these people taking control and this is where as investors we can kind of have that conversation um to make people aware that it's their money it's their responsibility if they want their pot not to erode yeah we help that and i think it is it's this just so much opportunity out there i know it's kind of like doom and gloom but it's not necessarily if
2: it depends how you look at it
1: yeah
2: yeah uh, i think you know there's i i've found that there's been more deals we were talking just before we um we went on to you know to do the podcast today about the deals that we've got in the pipeline yeah. and things that have come back to market and you know i think if you're in it for the long term and you do consistent action like andrea's we you know always yeah. said that to us it's one of those things that will always come through um, yeah. and it might not come through on the day you want it to but the opportunities are there in terms of the angel investment and also you know i think deals are coming back yeah. and i think
1: what rick always said as well and we all say it but I, he says it a lot on his thursday talk to people which i know is his zona genius it's his
2: favorite
0: matter ttp <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but but you, you mentioned deals sarah as well so just, just I guess in closing, really, how how are you guys finding the market at the moment? It's obviously it's been ridiculously hot in a, in a lot of areas with the um, with the sort of artificial stimulus that's been put into the market with the stamp duty levy and stuff. You know, last year, how are you still finding that it's um, it, it's uh, it's a pretty tough place to be for investment? Or are, are you noticing any changes at the moment? I'm
2: noticing a little bit of change in that. We've got a lot of offers out at the moment on things that we tried to offer on back in August and October of last year and they were snapped up within 24 hours and then, you know, people have gone AWOL. So the people that were were buying have all gone AWOL and it's like, oh, guys, you were interested. Do you want to come back to this one? Um, And, you know, that I'm finding a lot of that. So uh, I always say to my coaching clients, persistence, everything's Mm -hmm. in the follow-up and you know there's only a few little things that we always say but they're always true yeah talk to people persistence in the follow-up consistent action you know all of these things um and nothing's changed
0: yeah yeah because it's it's true because these are we've had a lot of unprecedented circumstances with covid and, and everything you know it's a global pandemic but the the market conditions that they've created aren't necessarily unprecedented you know we've we've seen these kind of market cycles before haven't we so it's it's under it's just understanding how that impacts how you might potentially need to to pivot I mean I, I I've I've certainly noticed um being out about in the field quite a bit in various parts of the country actually over the last month or so that I think the market for your sort of i guess supply and demand again the market for your for your little buy to lets and your first time homes and that sort of thing is still pretty hot pretty mm. competitive but i am starting to see a slowdown at some of the higher price points some of the stuff that's uh, these these slightly bigger properties bigger projects that are sitting on the market now for a little bit longer potentially looking at price drops and that is usually the sign of just things cooling off a little bit isn't it We we see it hits the top end first before it starts to work its way down so Potentially. But like you said, Andrew, I don't see the impending crash that some people were talking about and the media were talking about sort of tail end of last year.
1: Yeah, it's, that's, it's not going to happen. There's not enough stock, is there? So, yeah. well, there is. I know it sounds bizarre. I think there's, when everybody's kind of going to, you, you know, right, move, Zupa and on the market and everything. And everybody goes to that. So that's your supply, your demand. Everybody's chasing that. Whereas we always say off market deals, looking at letting agents, direct to vendor. Um, keeping and tracking everything. I mean, I've got to be honest, Sarah for me is the queen of tracking with her air table and everything. <laughs> it's very so Um, And so you've got this, it's all in the follow up, making sure that you are keeping an eye. Because, like you just said, Sarah, things are falling over, things yeah. are always completing. And that's mm-hmm. where we kind of win. I, I don't think I've got hardly any of my deals direct off right move. They've either fell off the market or the letting agents or the direct vendor.
0: Yeah. 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 For, for those of us that have been investing for a number of years now, that the, the idea of following up on deals almost used to be like a bonus activity. It almost used to be kind of, well, you, you know, you may as well, because why would you not kind of thing? You might pick yeah. up a few scraps from doing that. Whereas I think over the last 18 months or so, that's flipped on its head, isn't it? And for investors, that's been plan A. That's where you're going to get your You're not going to be price competitive you know, viewing it off of right move with, with everybody else off the street. So, you know, that kind of that action is where actually we're going to uncover most of the deals in these sort of conditions. Yeah, that's
2: it's not rocket science, is it? But it's just multi layered, it's complex, yeah. and you've got to be in it for the long term. Cool.
1: And like you say, we've got to be persistent and consistent. That's just, that, and talk to people, it's the same old, same old, same old, yeah. irrespective of market conditions.
0: Absolutely brilliant well thank you so much for that i I really hope our listeners have found that useful a little bit of encouragement and some some tips there on 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 um how to sort of future-proof and um protect themselves a little bit around some of the volatility in the market and the economy at the moment so thank you so much as always for your insight sarah and andrea really appreciate that
1: thank you
0: and i'll speak to you both soon
1: you will bye Bye.
0: I really hope you found that episode useful. There are lots of challenges in the economy and the market right now, but there were also plenty of opportunities. The most important way to empower yourself and future-proof your business against this kind of volatility in the market is to keep up to date with all the developments and to surround yourself with other experienced investors who can offer advice and guidance. One way to do this would be to head on over to the Property Wealth System community on Facebook, where we've got a growing community of savvy investors who are still finding ways to be really active within the current market. Please like, follow and share the podcast with anybody else that you think will enjoy it. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.